Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Bowling, and I'm way pumped to have you join me today because I get to interview a special guest. As you listen today, you get to hear what it looks like to live in genuine love every day, and you're going to love it. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your friends. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining my podcast today with Genuine Love. Super stoked to introduce to you Marilyn Vansel, who has this uber cool book called Self to Lose, Self to Find. I'm like, woo, that sounds kind of like uh, intriguing for sure. And so Marilyn, thank you for joining us today. Super excited to interview and, and introduce my audience to you and get a little bit of connection going on. Well, it's delightful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, can you give us just a little bit of like kind of your bio- biography a little bit? So we're a little sure. from your background. Wait, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I am a proud resident of the state of Washington. Just recently moved from Seattle to um, near Spokane, where our family, our children and our grandchildren live. So it was you know, kind of a quick move, but we did it and we're delighted to be here. Um, so we, um, I boast of two careers. My first career was um, with our four children, raising them. And my husband was in a parachurch ministry the whole time. And so that was a family affair as well. And then um, about 10 years ago, probably a little bit more, I'm losing track of time, maybe 15 years ago when the empty nest hit and we had, my husband had a transition from his work. I really was lost on now, what do I do with my life? And so in that, um, had always wanted to teach the Enneagram, which I've known for about 30 years. So I'm not new to the game. I'm, I was back, back in the day was introduced before it was so wildly popular and wildly known and had always found it so valuable and really longed to teach that within a Jesus perspective. It's not always taught that way, but that has my heart. How does this help you live into the life that Jesus invites you to? That's the name of my book, Self to Lose. Jesus talked about losing yourself, but to and finding yourself. So then, so I launched this. I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I have become a spiritual director. I was trained, did a lot more training on the Enneagram. And I ended up writing a book, which was not on my bucket list, but something that God called me to, and I embarked on it. So that's what I do now. Um, Speak, write, do spiritual direction, and love on my 11 grandchildren. (laughs) And that's why we moved. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. I love that. So you know, you said that you kind of got introduced to the Enneagram like 30 years ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, because and back 30 years ago, I, how did you stumble upon it? How did I stumble upon it? Well, a friend of ours who was also involved in the same ministry that we were involved in gave my husband a set of cassette tapes. So that's really dating me. Yeah. One of those vinyl covered cassette tapes that you had to turn over in the machine and said, I think you'd really like this. This is really interesting. And I looked at the cover and went, oh, ooh, this looks very new age. Had this weird symbol on it. And it was by somebody I didn't know at the time. And the name of the series was Naming Your Illusions, which was not in my Jesus-focused language at all. So 
I was really skeptical, not interested, but my husband listened to them and said, wow, I think you'd really like this. I think this is so helpful. It's so interesting. It's so, you know, down to earth and just practical and it helped. So he, so I said, oh, okay, I'll listen to him. And I was hooked after that, found as many books as I could, which were rare in those days and learned what I could, but it was so helpful. It's just a tool. It's not this scary occult thing. Um, it can be used that way if you consider it a religion, but it's a tool, but it's a very profound tool, I believe, that gets down to our inner motivations and places that we don't really want to look. And so helps us identify the false self, the old self that Paul says we are to put off and put on the new self. So how do we even know what that is? So it gives some helpful definition to that, but that's all it is, is a tool, but I think it's really helpful. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> some people listening they they like think oh my gosh it's the occult um and i had people like really really come after me you know like on facebook and stuff mm -hmm. like hey oh my gosh sarah what what the heck are you doing why are um, you into this yeah and and <laughs> i was like a deer in headlights like what <laughs> <laughs> and i don't see it i see it like you said in terms of a tool and jesus kind of informing and mm -hmm. maybe maybe revealing some of that divine blueprint yes absolutely that are like nervous about the occult stuff or whatever well i think some of that comes from publicity some of it comes from its history which is a little bit you know there's not a direct line on how the enneagram came to be in the form that it is now and so there's some you know interesting characters along the journey of the Enneagram. And so like anything, it can be used wrongly. It can be used, you know, um, in a new agey way. And it can also just be used, you know, I don't I just, I stay neutral on that. I think it's just a neutral thing and God can use it. Jesus can use it. Um, as long as it's stayed a tool. Now, there are some people I know who and some trainings that maybe get into some um, suspicious activity around it. Um, and my training and all my exposure to the Enneagram people, enthusiasts around the world are lovely people. And they, I, what I see in them, even if they don't name Jesus, I see in them a spiritual hunger for God. And they're looking for it and they're lovely wonderful people that want the same thing i want is well-being wholeness love um happiness all of those things and i just happen to and i come away often from those going i'm just so grateful i know jesus because so much is already settled he's a rock i'm not seeking searching for anything more than that and then the Enneagram is just a bonus tool that is used. So I, I understand people's um, concerns, but I wouldn't call it the occult in and of itself. Right. That totally makes yeah. sense. However, like a gun in somebody's hand, you know. Right. Or a fire, you know, it can be wonderfully warm and wonderful, or it can be dangerous and awful. So, yeah. yeah. Makes so sense. I, that's why I wrote the book because I knew a lot of, especially evangelicals, conservative um, 
people of the body of Christ were really skeptical of the Enneagram. And I know why. I mean, that's my world too. Those are my people. So um, I wrote it because of my own journey through that question, because I did question along the way, like, uh, am I going over the edge here with this? And where does this fit with Jesus and um, his words and his invitation to become a whole person? And I just saw, you know, correlations that were really helpful to me. And I wanted to offer them as helpful to others. So yeah. That's why I put it in that context. I want to encourage our, our listeners. Um, this is Marilyn Vansel, and you want to get her book, Self to Lose, Self to Find. Um, obviously, you can get it on Amazon. That's easy, most easy way to get it. And um, for our listeners, too, if you, if like somebody who's brand new to it, what would you, how would you describe the Enneagram for like a complete newbie, novice, somebody who's clueless? What would you say to them? Well, I would say that it has, it's, it um, describes nine different patterns of being in the world and that we all have a propensity to pick one of those straight. And it, it helps us understand the strategies that we've developed when we were young to get along in the world because we are thrown into this world where we have to survive, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally. And we are brilliantly wired by God to, for survival. And, and so we figure out what works for us and what we come to believe we have to be and what we have to do in order to be acceptable in the world. And um, so then where was oh and so then as we get older those things stop working for us like those strategies break down and um so it's just a helpful that's the way i would describe it is there's nine different ways of being in the world nine filters and it gets to our inner motivations and some of the false beliefs false things that we've developed over time that we think we have to be in order to be okay in the world yeah and um do you find it, it's also helpful, not only in terms of like knowing yourself, but do you also find it helpful in terms of connecting with other people? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was one of the biggest things for me and my husband when we listened to those tapes um, and I need to go get my charger. So I'm going <laughs> to, um, yeah, so um so when my husband, I'm sorry, I hope this will be edited a little bit. Um, maybe, maybe not. Here we go. Um, sorry. Um, so when we listened to those tapes back in the day, 30 years ago, it was so helpful to us, for, to, us to understand our ongoing conflicts, our ongoing disagreements. Like he sees life through a very different filter than I do. And I, we always thought the other person would should just adopt ours, you know, way of being. And so it really, um, and I write about this in the book, it's really a tool for compassion and realizing that people are different and people struggle with certain things differently than I struggle. And to really see everyone as a, and I write it from a perspective that we're all created in God's image and that each person has their own set of struggles to, to live into that, but also the false narratives that they've adopted over time. So I think I see it as a great tool of compassion and understanding yeah. and acceptance. 
like, oh, you're different than me and you're okay. I see your point of view. Yeah. yeah. And not necessarily trying to change somebody to make us, make them fit what we want. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which gets us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't facilitate connection and intimacy and communication. Right. Yeah, and you use that word intimacy, and I, I see it as into me see. Exactly. And if we can get behind the eyes of someone else and see the world through their lens, just for at least to accept that it's legitimate, it really is a very loving, caring thing to do. I, at least I feel very cared and loved when someone said, says, oh, I get, I get that possession or your opinion or I get your, your way of being, not that they understand it fully, but at least they get it. And that's, yeah. it's a very loving thing to do. Acknowledging that people see the world in different ways and just because they see it differently doesn't make them wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that makes it, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. That's great. Well, it makes the world a beautiful place that we're all unique and make up the body of Christ in our uniqueness. And if we'd all just live into our, our truest, best self, then what a great world it would be. It's true. It's true. And, and how do you, so in terms of like parenting, you have four kids started, yeah. get, started getting into the Enneagram 30 years ago. So I think your kids were probably maybe in elementary school. Does that sound right? Good? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So looking at, okay, here's the Enneagram. And I'm, I'm a, like, you're thinking I'm an active mom and I'm raising my children. I'm not. So did that affect some of your parenting um, strategies and outlook? It, it affected the way I looked at my own parenting and that I let up on myself a little bit and realized, okay, so this is the way I parent. Now I, I identify with the type nine on the Enneagram, which is the peacekeeper and the peacemaker and I can fall into I was trying to keep everything calm everything cool everything comfortable and and making sure my kids weren't upset because I avoid conflict and I realized that that was why I was feeling sort of roughshod over and and lost in my parenting role and so I began to see that there was a um a negative aspect to that, that I was losing myself in my children or in, in trying to make everything so peaceful. And so I learned to stand up a little bit more and be stronger and peacemaking and peacekeeping are two different things. So to make peace, you got to be in the game. To keep peace, you just go to sleep. So I, I it woke up me um, as a parent and realizing also that my husband would parent differently than I would and that would be okay too. But I didn't try to figure out my kids. And I get that question a lot that I, when I do seminars and things is people say, oh, but how soon can I determine which type my child is? And really they're growing up, they're developing and you can do that too soon and put them in a box and just identify, define them that way. And I really caution parents not to do that, to wait they're older and more formed than they are when they're young even though they can see differences in their children just as i did in mine yeah I, you know i've been thinking about kind of the enneagram and i've been thinking about you know that blueprint it's like this divine blueprint mm -hmm. 
And I was thinking about it in terms of Jacob, you know, back in Genesis. Interesting, you know, I mean, he comes, he's the youngest of the twins. You know, he's, he's struggling with his brother in the womb. He's holding on to his heel when he comes out of the womb. You know, I mean, he's always like striving to, you know, might like get up, you know, be equal to be, it's like, and it's, I found it interesting because I think, I think he had a revelation from God in Genesis 32, when God said, you are Israel. Hmm. Right. I mean, he's like in his mid midlife. He's already got all of his kids basically. And uh, he wrestles with God through the night. And uh, at that point, and I thought about, it, I was like, I think, I think he came to the awareness realization that he was, he was born, he was crafted for wrestling, you know, mm. this is, mm-hmm. it, it was in his design. And from that point on, that's his name. And it's like, it's like he settles into that and he's okay with it. And you don't see him having to strive again. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like a, an embracing the divine design. Oh, I love the way you put that because that, you know, so many people are struggle with their, their identity and they have been given a false identity. They live into their, what I call the adapted self. And then God comes, you know, we really wrestle with God. He will show us our truest self and living into our true identity, which is our authentic self. Yep. Who we were really designed to be. Yeah. And I'm fully on board with that because I think, I think you look throughout, throughout the Bible and you see those various forms of wrestling, you know, Jacob is like, (laughs) like quintessential, but I just think. I think it's important for us to consider the stuff we've been given because, you know, it's his parents who named him, you know, Mm. and he, his dad, like his older brother, better. His mom was teaching him at a young age to be deceptive. I mean, (laughs) you know, and sometimes I think the stuff our parents give us, they have maybe good intentions, but it doesn't match it up with God's design. Exactly. Yeah. And our parents are flawed. I mean, they're incomplete. And so they can't, they can't, you know, always do the best for us that we, you know, could experience. But God does even use that to draw us to himself. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, I think that really helps when we keep our eyes on God and, you know, kind of take our parents for what they are. Flawed humans. We respect right for them um but god is like the original designer <laughs> absolutely yeah and sometimes when the wounds are there um you know god also wants to heal that and speak truth into someone's identity someone's wounding and to heal them and set them free from those bondages those messages that keep them trapped yeah so no, more. yeah yeah That's- I just encourage all my listeners to get Marilyn's book, Marilyn Vancel, V-A-N-C-I-L, Self to Lose, Self to Find. So Marilyn, as we finish up, um, I want to just ask you in terms of genuine love, because that's kind of one of the, you know, defining, yeah, things for, for my podcast. How do you see um, the Enneagram being helpful with genuine love? Hmm. Great question. Um, 
Well, like we said earlier, in helping us to have compassion and acceptance for others. And also what I've, the feedback I've received a lot from my book is people realizing that they were made by, with a unique design by God and that God, they can live into that. I, and the reason I wrote the book with that title, it's the, and it was, came out of my own aha moment of realizing that following Jesus doesn't mean just getting rid of my self which is what I was taught or at least perceived to be the Christian journey is die to yourself, die to yourself, die to yourself. And it didn't feel very loving to me. It felt like, well, if I'm here, why do I, you know, why does God want me to get rid of myself? And then when I saw that Jesus said, lose yourself so you can find yourself that, whoa, he's just saying, get rid of all that, those false messages, get rid of all that stuff so that you can truly be the self that I created you to be. And so I, and so the Enneagram in that journey just helps us understand more clearly what it is to let go of, what we need to lose, what we need to shed, so that the truest of, you know, our truest self can flourish and grow. And I just believe that's the invitation of Jesus. And and why he came is to invite us into freedom. And in my book, I have a whole chapter on God's invitations of love to, for each Enneagram type because they're very unique. And when I wrote the book, that was, that's those writing those was, I, it felt like the most anointed wow. section of my writing process. Cause it just, you know, came out. And I really feel like God is inviting us to live into freedom. And it's a, it's a gift of love. And so the Enneagram, again, is a tool to help us just be a little more specific about what that is instead of so general, generic. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think, too, it's like, and I've been thinking kind of just in the last week or so, kind of reflecting on the end of 1 Corinthians 13. You know, now mm -hmm. we see through a glass dimly, then we shall see face to face. Mm -hmm. Now we know in part, then we shall know even as we are known. And I think about it, I'm like, when we look at God, we look in the face of love. Hmm, absolutely. That's yeah. the definition that defines us. You know, we see face to face. Um, yes. We're made in the image of God. So looking at God says that we're looking into love um, mm -hmm. and, and walking that out and letting, letting ourselves be available for God to love us and to affirm that design. So Yes, I love that. And that we are known. You know, we are fully, fully known and fully loved. Yeah. Yeah. And loved, not like we're not mutants, you know, not mm -hmm. kind of whatever. And whatever in those nine expressions, those nine kind of descriptions, that there's genuine love and not one more than the other, one less than the other. Just yes. all fully loved, wholly loved, because that's who God is. So, yes, yes, Very uh, amen. <laughs> so, hey, Marilyn, this is a little bit of a left field question. What okay. do you do to relax? What do I do to relax? Yeah. Oh my, um, I love going on walks. That helps me relax and kind of come back to myself when I yeah. go on a walk. I. Um, I'm a pretty relaxed person. 
So I just like being still and quiet. And I do like to read yes. novels of all different kinds, especially historical novels. Ooh. And, you know, so I, I learn along the way with those and get into those stories. And I used to sew a lot and create a lot. Right now with this new house we bought, I'm stepping into being having to be creative again or having the time to be creative. And I really enjoy that. I really enjoy finding a good bargain. Yes. And finding just the perfect thing for this little moment, the space where it needs to go. So that's nice. relaxing to me. Nice. Who do yeah. you like to read for historical fiction? Ooh. Well, I've been reading some ones that aren't so well written lately, so I wouldn't say them. Um, Probably my all-time favorite book is, is Francine Rivers, Redeeming Love. That wasn't exactly historical fiction, but it was biblical fiction. Yes. Um, and um, I love all of her books. And so, yeah. Did you read I, any of the Mishner ones, James Mishner? I haven't read very many of his there. I'm almost a little too thick. <laughs> Seems true. like they're long books. Yeah. They're like this thick and you're like, woo. That's like a three-month project. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. Okay, another, this isn't necessarily historical, but great fiction. Have you re read any Marilyn Robinson? No, but I'll look it up. I will be your new best friend. She okay. Fantastic. She won a Pulitzer. Um, she wrote a book. The Pulitzer is called Gilead. Hmm. And it is, it's really good, but in my opinion, her best book is called Lila, L-I-L-A. And right. what I'm reading her is when you read her, you kind of forget you're reading. She's wow. that okay. I know, she's that good. So she, her newest book is called Jack. And uh, she did one on the prodigal son called Home. Oh my gosh, she's fantastic. So if you get a chance. Well, I, when I find an author I like, I generally like to read all of their books. So I think you've got me, you I'm going to look at it right away when <laughs> I get off the phone because I need a new book. Yeah. 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 And her latest one, Jack is good. Um, but you might, you might start with, uh, you probably should m maybe start with Gilead, but okay. I really liked Lila, L-I-L-A. That was my favorite. So, okay. Well, <laughs> well thank you. I love recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for your time. Thank you for hanging out and connecting. Super fun to sure. introduce you. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, it's been fun to be with you too. Thanks so much. Holy buckets. Wasn't that amazing? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. Totally love your guts. And I'd love for you to share this with your friends and your family. Thank you again and again for listening. And we'll catch you next week.